record. Everybody recording? Indeed. Yep. All right. Let's get those claps. Yeah, just go ahead and do a clap whenever, Aaron. I mean, he's watched the show. I was, I just, well, maybe. That's true. Yeah, obviously. I I keep reading. Well, unless that's, maybe not being the pre-show, post-show stuff. So. True. I don't know. All right. I think that's all all good. And yeah. All right, Derek. Hashtag one take. Oh, God. You're not going to get that from me. (laughs) I know. All right, here we go. I believe in you. Here we go. Hello and welcome everyone to today's news tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined today by Steve Bowling, Ash Paulson, and our special guest, Aaron Cooper, who has worked with a lot of big big names in the industry. So many so that we can't really pin them down to any one. We can't say Aaron Cooper of. So, Aaron. What are you of all the stuff? Like, give us a rundown of some of the stuff you've been in or been Sure, yeah. So, mainly recently, I've been in Ash Paulson's heart and Constance's mind. Taking up permanent residence there, believe me. So, we have Ash's secret lover. Good to know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I was previously of 2K, where I got to work on XCOM, Mafia, Borderlands, Battleborn, which, as John pointed out on Twitter the other day, it is a game. (laughs) Um, And then, ever since then, I I set out on my own, um, hitchhiking down the long and lonesome road of video games, and uh, I've managed to land on my feet. Um, I work with the fine folks at Wide Productions, who are an indie UK publisher, um, R8 Games, who are an indie developer, um, and the one that I love incredibly much is that I got to work with my childhood teenage hero Suda51 on uh, TSA, so uh, Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, and the upcoming No More Heroes 3 as well. So um, So you got all the details that we can uh, try to pull out from you about what that game is in store. It's for the post show, yeah? Ah, okay. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, stick around. (laughs) And I actually, no. thanks to you, I got to meet Suda, uh, thanks to you, and, and uh, interview him and chat with him. He's like the, one of the nicest people in the whole industry. I love that guy. Well, the funny hey, thing I, is, I, is we, we did that interview with Suda Ash at the one PAX mm-hmm. East, I think PAX, yeah, PAX East. And then right. while we were doing our demo session with Nintendo, where we were playing Travis Strikes again, he walks in. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, hi, again. Recognized well, us and all that. So that was kind of funny. That same PAX was the first time. Um, that was the first time I met you, Ash. I think it was what roughly two years ago. Wait, At no PAX? way. We've known each. No, we've known each other longer than that. It's been more like. Four years or so, because we met at the the big, you know, when you and Wired had the whole house. Uh, yeah, you rented out the whole that... Airbnb house three years ago. That was like three or four years ago. There's no way it was two. Some time ago, whichever packs that was, where you interviewed uh-huh. uh, Sudasan. Um, that was okay. The first year, because we we met him on the well, we stalked him on the Nintendo stand with Danny and Felia. <laughs> the Nintendo Power Couple were like uh-huh. Suda Fifty One. He's, he's drinking coffee and playing someone else's game. It's very exciting. Let's have a photo. Um, I didn't know uh-huh. him then. I flew back right. home after that show for another show straight away in the UK called EGX Rest. And oh, uh, af- af- yeah. after we met him at PAX, 
I was walking around, I was late on my lunch break and I got a tap on my back and I turned around, a bit annoyed because I'm trying to get like a sausage. And um, <laughs> it's Suda, it's Suda, it's Suda and, and uh, his, and Kuma, Kuma-san. Um, and he's like, Pax. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then we ended up going for lunch and then that's how we ended up working together. It was uh, <laughs> fate. Wow. I love it. <clears throat> fate. Suda. I love it. Suit is great. Yeah. One of the things I love about previewing his games specifically at shows is that he will insert dialogue that is specific to the show in his demos. Yeah. yeah. There's always like some jokes about whatever show you're at in, in all of his demos. And that is just like a really cool little touch. I actually, uh, last time I m- met with Suda and interviewed him, uh, what was it? It was, it was at PAX, I believe like PAX West. And I don't know if any of you are familiar. There's, uh, with the YouTuber Justin Wang, runs a channel called Wang, and he does, like, internet history. Mm. And one of the things mm. that he had posted about was just this game that Suda worked on early in his career that he found really weird. Um, it was a very blatant, like, WWE ripoff. Fire and, Pro Wrestling. Yeah, it was Fire Pro Wrestling, and there was one character who was very clearly modeled after Ric Flair. And everyone had these, like, happy endings, except for this character. He went home and he blew his brains out in his own ending. What the? And wow. I happened to interview yeah. him, and I was on my way out, and I was like, hold on. <laughs> and I, I had just watched this video on Wang's channel, and I was like, hey, could you explain to me why, of all the characters in Fire Pro Wrestling, Ric Flair's the only one that kills himself? And he's like, oh, well, you know, we had good endings and bad endings for everyone, but we only had enough ROM space for one ending for everyone, and I thought the suicide was really funny, so we left it <laughs> Funny, <laughs> really funny. Oh yeah. my god! I, I was like, that. all right. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was. Well, there it was you a go. Really, really like. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was in a much more jokey tone than that. Obviously, he wasn't so oh, matter of yeah, fact yeah. about it, right? But, and and the way it is delivered is like very comedic. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was a pretty funny uh, uh, funny story, and I just love all his games so much. I can't wait for No More Heroes three. We'll talk more about that later. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Belmere in the chat says, Aaron, uh, the, Jonathan Belmere in the chat says they definitely ship us. I think that we have our first shipper, man. Do we need to put like ship little you, hearts you and I together? I mean, uh, frame on Discord. Here? I, I <laughs> right? think. I know. So, has anyone noticed that John John Cartwright has had so many alternate versions of him created on Twitter recently? I, I have. Yes. Uh, that, that's really blown up, and he kind of needs verified now because there's so many alts. I have. I think he's become his own enemy where he's acknowledged so many of them that now they're just popping up. I was like, well, I want to get acknowledged too. <laughs> you know what? I hadn't heard about that. That's so funny. There is... there's, uh, there's a dead there's a dead John now, Not, yes. no longer alive John. 78-year-old, 10-year-old, and now dead John. There's and also so alternate funny. universe John that hate, that loves oh, Kitty right. Kong and hates uh, Puzzle League. And there is now uh, yeah. an alternate Kitty Kong I, facts on you on Twitter as well. Geez. It is Diddy Dixie Kong facts or something. I saw it just as the show started. I was like, "What oh is happening?" Oh, Everyone wow. orbiting I am so John out of the loop. I've barely been on Twitter at all for the past like three days. I've been so busy with work, so I'm so out of the loop on this. I mean, I yeah, yeah. most most yeah. of my day was taking care, giving Amy a break to take care of Kai, and uh, the little bit of the fire emblem stream which hey that game actually holds up rather well i think the fast forward button nice. helps a lot uh well not it's oh, not yeah. a button it's a mode um unfortunately it also speeds up the music 
which oh, kind of takes me out of it a, a bit. So I only have it set for the when the CPU moves, which you know, it could you know it's one of those things that you just sort of deal with. But it's it's kind of sort of like Fire uh, Final Fantasy and uh, Dragon Quest for me, where I love that you can see all the guts of what we now know as Fire Emblem in this first game. It's of course been refined uh-huh. since then, but it's all there. It's it's really cool. I had to drop nice. the the Dinky Kong facts. I, I need to watch Dinky that. I need to watch that. Um, I didn't have time to check out your stream today, but I'm interested in this new Fire Emblem. Well, new well, old Fire or Emblem. Or in this old Fire Emblem, yeah. <laughs> the first Fire Emblem where we got Marth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan and Twistle says, surely someone has made an alt called John Cart Rung where he posts really bad takes. <laughs> I don't I don't think we've seen this, but Dan, you could be that Yeah, person. exactly. Somebody yeah. could actually do, do it that. now. Like, do it now. So, so many. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Honestly, Crazy. that is. I would. I'd, I'd die for that account. Yeah. <laughs> it to me. Dan, Dan, you better snap it up soon, man. There you go. John, I'm doing a competition. <laughs> Wrong comms. All right. Wrong comms. By the, by the way, comms. I feel like that's I have, even better. I feel like I have to call out that Derek nailed it in one take. Right? For the first time, yeah. <laughs> we we I mean, let it slide. Granted, I'm looking this way the entire time because my screen's here because of the camera's here, but well, whatever. So that's why I'm always darting because I'm my, my screen's this way, but I don't have a webcam, and this is a better camera anyway, so... And it allows me to have my little uh, buddy every day, which we went to per, uh, my Cutman Perler, so... You you yeah. are... Nice. You look, you look very good with your camera, Derek. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to start a three-way thing here between us and I. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I love trying. He's, he's starting a love fest. <laughs> in, 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 soon enough, Steve's going to get pulled in this as well. <laughs> I mean, I know we can't make I'm Steve a fourth man. wheel in this in this, this love affair here. I mean, then again, I guess Ash is married, so I, I don't really know. Exactly, what, yeah. what the rules yeah. are. Oh, 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 Basola! I can tell you all. Basola has already given her blessing. To, to me and Aaron. It's all good. Oh, my sure. God. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, with that out of the way, <laughs> yeah. let's go ahead and jump over to our news topics. And, hey, we got news topics. So let's Woo. pop the first one up on the screen. Because for some reason, all the news happened today. And the big one is we finally have localization news on Persona 5 uh, Scramble. The Phantom Strikers, which is being localized as Persona 5 Strikers. It's coming west on February 23rd with an extra PC port. And it's not, it wasn't supposed to be today. (laughs) They've already pulled it. It was supposed to be saved till later. Atlas West has already kind of made a joke about it. Like, whoops. And Mm -hmm. like Phantom Thieves got ahead of us. So uh, (laughs) February 8th, there'll be more information. So... Uh, I'm guessing it'll just be the trailer, maybe some other details. Hard to say for sure, but I'll oh, thank God I think it's we're December getting this game. 8th, Eric. No, uh, Derek, you said... this December eighth oh. for the trailer, February twenty third for when the oh, game's actually for coming the release. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, okay. um, you think this was meant to be yeah, no, it... Awards reveal? No, feels like it, doesn't it? I, I think, think they're so. scrambling over the weekend to have some sort of reveal, official reveal for the 8th, because the Game Awards are on the 10th, but it does feel like this yeah. should have been Game Awards. You think so? It would offer... Go ahead, Steve. No, I just feel like a, like a release date for an already announced game that has been out in Japan for nearly a year feels like 
I don't know, like not game no. awards material. I don't know if that makes at, sense. At, I, I think at the, the game, fact that you know, go ahead. We got we got our. I first was going to say at the, at the game awards, big in Japan. That's no, not at all. That's fair. But I mean, this is a Western yeah. release. Yeah, so. it's more like Persona's huge in the West. Well, Persona Five is huge in the West right now. Uh, people have been begging for this port. Hyrule Warriors is doing very well as another Muso. Uh, Warriors game, whatever. And I, it's just one of those things where people have been wanting this for a while because just in the same way that Breath of the Wild is a prequel to, I mean, uh, Age of Calamity is a prequel to Breath of the Wild, this is a full-on sequel to Persona 5. And that's why it, why it's kind of huge. See, given well, there, the... And there would be past precedent for, for it being a TGA announcement. It, it, in a way, it would almost add to the TGA lore, the running lore, because we had Joker and Smash revealed a, a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So having P5 Scramble or Strikers be revealed this year, whether it was or not, if it were, that would be kind of a nice way to bring things full circle. See, to be fair, I, I, think... I did... Oh, go ahead. Go on, Steve. No, please, please. No, I was just going to say, so, so this leaked because a YouTube video went live early. And I keep thinking that there's no way this was TGA or the Game Awards because someone was probably like, hey, schedule it for, I mean, what what is the 8th? Wednesday? Right? Uh, no, Friday. Tuesday. Mm. Oh, right. Tuesday. But somebody Tuesday, could have just, yeah. like, I could see this as an email coming out saying like, hey, schedule the trailer for Tuesday. And so, whoever was responsible in the back end for actually setting that was got the wrong Tuesday. It was just like, it right. happens. Because I, I mean, the Game Awards is the tenth. You know, it just seems weird to me that I don't know. It, it seems too coincidental I mean, they that they could be it, pushing it up early and trying to have scramble for ha, scramble for a uh, <laughs> more information or different information or True. something to that effect. It's hard to say, but eh. whatever it is, I don't care. I'm finally getting this game. Game, and I'm yeah. so excited. To have finally played in English where I can understand the battle system, understand the story, and really go from there. And I'm praying. I'm hoping and praying that it uses the same code as the Japanese version. So my version that I bought out last year will just become the English version. I don't have to worry about it. Please let that happen. That would be nice. Yeah. How much did you I, pay? I'm looking forward. For <clears throat> how much did I pay for it? Uh, oh, how, how, how long did you play for of the Japanese version? Oh, how long was, did I was play it the demo? for? Uh, well, I tried the demo, and then I got the full version, uh, because okay. the plan was uh, to stream it, to do the whole, yeah. like, as much as I can, show it off, because, hey, it's, it's here's the full game on Switch, there you go. And um, then they came out with that whole thing uh, about, hey, if you stream this, you'll probably get a strike. Uh, okay, yeah. not streaming this. And Striker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, striker. I, now, the, I, the funny the... thing is, is I probably prefer this on the PS5, but yeah, I can make do. <laughs> the, we'll see what happens. Uh, for anyone else, for anyone else, did the striker's name? It. I I read this very sleepily this morning, and I thought they were, they had announced a, a Persona Five football game, kind of like uh, Mario <laughs> Strikers that we had over here. It's like. Is going on in Persona? Like they can do anything. They can do music games, RPGs. They can do Muso. Give it me all. I'll I'll take a Persona Five soccer game. Um, Persona Five yeah, soccer. Right. Uh, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Persona Five soccer featuring Mega Man soccer. There's your Mega Mansion, uh. everybody. 
<laughs> Excuse me. Um, but I'm actually looking forward to this. It's funny. I'm not a big Musou fan necessarily, but uh, I've been loving the hell out of Age of Calamity because of how streamlined it is compared to the previous Hyrule Warriors as well as Fire Emblem Warriors. There's so much less bloat. I mean, there's a lot to do there, and I, I do get anxiety every time I complete a chapter and see like A2 new icons pop up on the map. But it is so much more streamlined, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how P5S... You know, how similar it is to, to uh, Age of Calamity in the sense, you know, is it streamlined like AOC? Is it... I'm just curious, but it looks yes. amazing. And this is absolutely the kind of game I'd want to see on, on play on PS4 and not Switch. Uh, I, having played it, yes. And the fact is, oh, great. it okay. doesn't... It, it's very much almost mission-based. But, but the early bit that I played... Granted, I'm playing in Japanese and working, doing my best to understand all this. Um, but here's the crazy thing with uh, Persona 5 Strikers... It's so far it doesn't quite feel like a warriors game because the you get some big groups of enemies but they're not as big as what you'd see in Age of Calamity or any other warriors game. It's more like Interesting. 10 to 15 at a time which really gives it more of a feel of an action RPG version of Persona 5 especially with the way the mechanics oh. are handled and the fusions and how you get new personas and how that all deals works out. And <clears throat> they waste no time giving you the entire party from the first game. <laughs> so that's cool. You, you have a lot of room to uh, play with and just do whatever you'd like. And it's, it's, it feels really good. Like I, it just seems like a, I, I don't know for sure, but I got a more excited feel from this than honestly, than age of calamity just because it, it nice. captured that feel of it so much, so much more. And Age of Calamity, of course, does the same, and the story is excellent as well. But there was something so different compared to other Warriors games that were Scramble or Strikers, whatever you want to call it, that really made me excited and bummed me out. That maybe the reason I was so desperate for this game to come west. So right, right, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. They're definitely keen to check it out. Yep, absolutely. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, if we want to throw that up uh, on here. All right. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is now available for iOS and Android. Uh, so that's cool. Um, Ritual of the Night is <laughs> a... Cool. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. Hey, I'm the, I'm the Castlevania guy as well. Apparently, this is very news-heavy for me tonight, of, of all things. Um, but yeah, it, it's cool. It's, it's a... They're good. It's a really good game, and uh, yeah. I, I really can't recommend it enough. It's it's amazing does, how well it turned out. It does really it still is. run really poorly on Switch? That's kind of why I was thinking that. They've yeah, worked took a hard while. to fix it, and I don't know if it still does because I, I got the PS4 version. As I, I understand confirm. it, it's, it's a lot more playable now. Like Okay, yeah. I, I, I played it um, once again about three weeks back. It runs much better than it did at launch. Going up vertically through some rooms, you're not waiting like two minutes nice. for screen <laughs> to load, um, which is <laughs> Good. a godsend. Um, but I, I love, yeah. I, I love Igavania. Like I, I Igarashi San is such a badass, and I love him with all my heart. <laughs> I, if there is yeah. one other person that I would like to work with, it's him. Mm. That's I nice. can imagine that being a lot of fun. But yeah. to kind of build off of this, since it's not just a got the hat, of course. Yeah. 
make it a little bit more interesting because you know none of us really play mobile games too much it's not that big of a deal that you know it, it got it's getting ported to mobile devices i was uh linked by somebody on twitter along with a whole bunch of a bunch of other castlevania fans uh to somebody named going by uh purify ws on twitter who has a 10 minute clip uh, not a 10 minute but a i think a 15 to 20 second clip of a classic mode, a classic mode teaser for Ritual of the Night, which is basically taking the Ritual of the Night assets and having Miriam play like a Belmont. She has the sort of slow strut. She's using the whip from the hmm. other games, and it is it, it, looking at it. It it's Castlevania. It is so yeah. blatantly Castlevania, and I've not really been too interested in the other modes that they've added into uh, Bloodst- Bloodstained. I mean, they're cool, but I just, I've been too busy to go back and take a look at it. This one, though, this one looks special. So hmm. It's cool that they're doing that. Like, it, it doesn't, that's not something I would be attracted to, only because I've never been a fan of the classic Vania style of gameplay where, you know, you have that, that once you jump, you're locked into that momentum, and you it's it just feels very limiting, and I get that's part of the appeal and it's part of the challenge. It just never quite resonated with me as much, but I do love that they're doing this for that classic Vania crowd. Mm-hmm. And um, Bloodstained, as you as you said, Derek, it's great. If if you guys out there haven't played it yet and you love Egovanias, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I I say I really enjoyed about ninety percent of it. I felt the end game fell a little flat for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just felt like Fair. it kind of was. Yeah, I just felt like the end game and the final final true boss was just a bit disappointing for me personally, but getting to that point i was just having to blast and it's not like it's not like the end is bad i just didn't feel like it lived up to the rest of the game but i still thought it was a great time and, and uh michiru yamane's soundtrack mm. chef's kiss so <laughs> so by good. the way i put that game uh that gameplay into the uh chat for for everybody so nice yeah it took a they quick can look. check yeah. that out but i think it looks pretty cool and that's definitely an exciting mode because I think they added playable Zangetsu. I think they recently added playable Bloodless. Uh, so it's amazing how much they're still right. supporting this game. But it doesn't... Oh, this is it, totally classic Vania. I love oh, this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it's getting quite the same attention as like a Shovel Knight because it's not brand, completely brand new content in the same way. But it's it's nice that it's still getting a bunch of support. And hey, I'm all for it. And yeah. I love the, the uh, life meter too. Or the life meters. That's great. Mm. Oh, the, like just, the old school eight bit font, and that's it's really cool. All of it there is, uh, yeah, really matches it. So, I guess let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. Uh, throw that up on here. So, Bando, Bandai Namco has trademarked a Tales of Luminaria in Europe. Now, I am not too familiar with uh, the Tales of series. Is that a new title or is a remake of the an old title? That's a new title. That's that's not not a name we've heard before. So okay, even though we don't know what Tales of Luminaria is, this is not a Tales of title that has been you know shown before. So we don't know what it is, but it is something new. Uh, but as Jared Edinger says, we're still waiting on Tales of Arise. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're not really sure what's going on here. But there is another new Tales of game coming. Hopefully, it's not a mobile game. Um, yeah, that's about all I can say. Uh, I'm a casual Tales of fan. Uh, kind of lapsed. I, I love Symphonia, love Vesperia. Didn't really get into a lot of the others. I tried Abyss and I kind of bounced off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Tails My... game, neat. <laughs> well, go, go ahead, Steve. I was just saying it's neat. It's a Tails game. Like, I have yeah. nothing to add to this, but um, I did yeah. see someone in the comments positing that it's probably a mobile game. Um, probably. Because yeah. I guess we're still waiting on I Tales of Arise, which Jared mm-hmm. Editor mentioned in the chat. So I do have a hard time believing they'd be ma- working on two, like, mainline entries. Uh, so one of... And we know Tales of Arise is, like, a proper entry of memory. It's almost like a, like, it's a whole reboot type thing where it's looking quite different um, than previous Tales of games. So it has a different visual style, uh, which makes it a bit more unique and may may explain why it's taking so long. I I mean, not to cast too much hope out there, but could this be a Monster Hunter situation where, you know, next-gen systems got Monster Hunter World while the Switch is getting Monster Hunter Rise, could this be a Switch exclusive? I have no basis for that, but it's a little bit more exciting than having this be another mobile game. So Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, that, I, I like that outcome more. What about you, Aaron? Do you have any thoughts on this? I think that Derek is teasing me. Uh, <laughs> 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 but here, here's, here's my stance with Tales of. Um, I, I didn't click with... Um, Vesperia was it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the Xbox 361 initially. Yeah, and ever since then I've been a bit of a Tales of Nomad. However, what I do have a lot of love for is uh, the Nino Kuni games. I Ooh. think they are absolutely wonderful. Uh, Interesting. And hmm. That is that's you know from a Bandai Namco point of view that's where I want my next uh, JRPG bite. I I don't think. Nino Kuni 2 landed that hugely. I don't think so yeah. either. Um, which is I, a shame. Yeah. I, it didn't catch my interest personally, even though I played the first Nino Kuni. And even the remaster of Nino Kuni didn't seem to track much attention. It was one of those things that, that was really cool at the time, and now people have kind of moved on for one reason or yeah. another, it seems. Well, I think Nino Kuni 2 kind of suffered for the whole kingdom building, you know, uh, sim style part of the game that I, I it seemed like people kind of bounced off of that. Uh, I know that yeah. that's what when I heard about that, uh, I played a little bit of the original Nino Kuni and I liked it and I thought it was beautiful to look at. And it felt like you're playing a Ghibli in the anime, right? But mm-hmm. the gameplay was a bit slow for me, so I kind of just dropped off of it. But Nino Kuni 2, I think, would have been interesting to me if it didn't have that kingdom building element. That just kind of that's just not what I was looking for in a game like that. But I know the people who did really love it seem to really, really defend it and said mm-hmm. and say they had a great mm-hmm. time with it. So, yeah. May I? I want to put something else forward here. What about if was? <laughs> what about the potential of a Tales of Muso style game? Oh, I think there's a I huge mean, amount of potential could that work? there. Yeah, that I totally so. could. I mean, Steve? the battle system's pretty close. I mean, it might get Steve interested. <laughs> I've played so Tales. Yeah. I haven't I haven't ignored the series altogether, but the last time I really, really liked a game was uh Ratatosk on the Wii. Uh what was oh, that? Oh okay. Yeah, Tales of Symphonia, Age of Ratatosk something. Oh something oh, something Ratatosk. Yeah. Dawn, Dawn of, of a New, of a new world. world. Dawn of a New World. Thank you. I don't I don't know. Most Tales games. fans don't like that one because the production sucks. Yeah, that's I, so interesting. Thought, that's the one that so many people hate. I liked it. I thought it was great. Nice. I I played through the whole thing in like three days. <laughs> like, wow. Wow. Yeah, it really grabbed a hold of me. I'm not like longing to go back and try it again, 
Um, but I've seen enough of Tales games to know that I think a Musou style would work because they're inherently like, well, at least up until Arise, they were anime style games, which I think that exaggerated anime vibe kind of lends itself well to Musou games, you know, because, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not unbelievable in the context of an anime universe for someone to be whipping like hundreds of people around and, and just <laughs> decimating armies. Uh you know, yeah. presumably while in a junior high outfit, usually. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so I, you know, you kind of anime has already created that suspension of disbelief that you need for someone to just run into a crowd full of people and come out completely unscathed. Um, yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I would I would totally be in for that. I would like that a lot. Um, Evernight Studio has some uh, it has some input here, uh, saying they can't imagine it's a mobile game, Luminaria that is, when Crestoria is ongoing already. So that's possible. Maybe it is something uh, other than a mobile game, since there's already one going on. Um, I don't yeah. know though, uh, Rob. I've I've got to provide a counterpoint there. I mean, we're talking about Bandai Namco, who is currently servicing Dragon Ball Legends, Dragon Ball Dokkan Battle, and Dragon Ball Heroes on mobile, all at the same time. Nice. That's so. a good point. Um, yeah. Apparently, there is there is precedent for a Musou Tales of game. Rob Arman X says there is a pseudo warriors game in Japan called Tales of the Twin Brave. I've never heard of that, so thanks for that little factoid, Rob. Yeah, yeah, I have to check I, that out. The Tales of series is something I've always wanted to look a little bit more into because I've played Symphonia, was really interested in Vesperia, picked it up on Switch, but I've not had a chance to play it. And I think I played a little bit of Tales of Zillia before bouncing mm-hmm. off that uh, a little bit. It's something I want to go back to eventually and just try more of the titles because they always seem interesting. They, they're sort of that mid-tier uh, RPG that has enough fans that it can keep going and is waiting. Yeah. It, 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 it's sort of waiting for that next big hit in the same way as Symphonia was. And I think Symphonia hit hard because, at least uh, at the time, because it was one of the few GameCube RPGs. There was a bit more than what the right. N64 had, yeah. but... It stood out, and I think it was Ta- definitely better than Legendia on PS2. Right. Tales of kind of has this curse where it, it never seemed, or most of them, not all of them, but most of them never seemed to quite fully get out of that kind of generic anime vibe, really. Like, and, and they just they never quite reach, not never, but they often don't quite reach greatness. And like I, I know for me, uh, the, the common issue in the Tales games I've dropped is that the story just takes too long to get going. Like, people say they love Tales of the Abyss, and I don't doubt it, but I couldn't stick with it because I was, like, at hour 30, and, and the story still hadn't really gotten truly going. And and I've noticed that, that that's an issue in a lot of Tales of games. So I just feel like maybe there's some pacing problems there. But the the series continues to stick around. So <laughs> Rob mm-hmm. Arman X says, Abyss takes forever. So, yeah, I just didn't quite get to that that peak, I guess, to where I coasted down the other side hmm I'm I kind of feel the same way about Persona 3 so far I mean it, there's it, some plot stuff happening but it's just not in the same level as what I experienced my t- little time with Persona 4 and definitely Persona 5 and people tell me it has the best plot so it's one of those things we kind of have to hold on and there's definitely elements there that I can see starting to peek through but I'm also 40 hours in so <laughs> Some RPGs just sort of take their time and you have your base idea and you're building upon that. But they are like, "Ah, we're going to save all the big stuff towards the end. And the end just takes a while to get to. Yeah. 
By the way, really quick, uh, Jared Edinger in the chat says, you guys all pronounce my last name right. So going forward, it is Jared Edinger. Good to know. Nice. Good to know. Hey, all right. But, well, but, I'm glad uh, we're yeah, all uh, well, nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for now. But, uh, Steve, I think we have, we can definitely get you to be a bit more talkative about this next subject. So let's go ahead and pop that up. All right. The official dates have been announced for PAX West 2021, which will be September 3rd to the 6th, and PAX East 2021, which will be June 3rd to the 6th. They have stated that these are, like, basically they're going into this with the best hopes, but if states say no, or it's still not under control, it can get canceled. And I think that's why PAX East is so late this year. Yeah. But that also brings into question is if it is fine and these things are able to happen, PAX East and uh, E3 are very close together all of a sudden. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Are yeah. they, though? So <laughs> That is true. This is yeah. E3 is, dead? <laughs> well, so here's what I've heard about E3. Um, mm-hmm. I have heard that currently um, what is being planned is a virtual E3. So... Okay. That's that's what I've heard anyway, but that, you know, I don't have I haven't seen like documentation that shows that. I don't have like my traditional, you know, second sourcing on this, but I've at least heard it from someone who has been accurate on a lot of things relating to E3 in the past. Um hmm. so I mean, I don't know. Ash, you probably know better than anyone what the situation's like in LA right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, it, well, let's just say it's good that E three is not no no time soon because there will be nothing going on here. We're on. Well, they, it's funny. They say we're the most locked down city in the country right now, but a lot of that's just bluster because I can tell you, living here, that nothing's really changed. A couple of uh, businesses, the like LA mayor, get in trouble. Like he said, we're locked down, but then there was this whole exemption thing that was like four or five pages long with just everything that could stay yeah. open. Basically, re- like, depending on where you looked, whether it, like, it was his Twitter account or the, the press conference he held, or if you read the, the text of the order, they're all different. He has no idea what he's doing. None of us here like Eric Garcetti. He's, he's, he's crap. Um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom also did his own like stay-at-home order for the next three weeks. And it's it's changed a little bit. Like some restaurants are closing earlier for takeout, grocery stores are closing a little earlier. But I'm looking out the window right now, and I can tell you people are walking. You know that the whole thing about police fining people five hundred dollars as a misdemeanor if they catch you outside, for all intents and purposes, that's not true. At least from what I'm seeing. So that said, though, nothing's being put on. There there will be no events. There will be you know it's still very strict in that sense. But yeah, LA has a way to, ways to go and. Personally, I won't be sad if E3 doesn't happen. Ever since the docs, oh, I, I have no love for the ESA. Yeah. I, just, I will absolutely. You know, after getting doxxed. I, I, I appreciate that. I have four kids and, yeah. you know, people knowing where I live and being mad at me because I reviewed a game in a way they don't agree with definitely doesn't sit well with me. But Mm-mm. conversely, there, it's also incredibly hard to deny as an industry person the value that E3 provides. I mean, because Mm -hmm. one, it puts, you know, it gives indies like smaller outlets the opportunity to be 
in the same space as Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft. And what a lot of people only think insofar as, oh, well, that's really good for getting your game out to the consumer. But it's also really good for getting those smaller developers in the same room as fucking Nintendo. <laughs> like, yeah. That is a big deal and something yeah. that does not traditionally happen. So I do feel like E3 has an important place in this industry, or at least something of its size and scale has an important place in this Absolutely. industry. Um, and that's what I think I find the most compelling about this PAX announcement is because, as Derek alluded to, PAX East, if everything goes back to traditional timing, will be head-to-head against E3. And this is very a very clear, calculated decision to mm-hmm. pull people away from E3, if E3 indeed happens. Um, yeah. And I agree with Fantasy Thinker fan. GDC is also very important for that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's in, what, San Francisco, I believe, every year? Um, yes. Yeah. But, you know, so I think E3 is kind of the perfect mixture of the business end of things and the PR end of things. Like, because games that are at E3 invariably get more coverage than they would otherwise mm-hmm. um, by virtue sure. of the fact that everyone in the industry is walking by you. There's People are going to stop. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I want PAX to return. I want E3 to return. I want to be able to, I mean, selfishly, I want to yeah. see my friends again. Um, Same. Yeah. as, yeah. but as a business person who just launched a brand new outlet, I also really want cons to come back so I can pass out business cards <laughs> and reacquaint yeah. people with where I'm at now. There's only so yeah. much you can do via email. Right. Yeah, so. I mean, stated perfectly. I, I really hope that, that we get our shows back next year. I mean, obviously, safety first. But, you know, even if E3 is virtual, ultimately, uh, I definitely agree with you, Steve, about the inherent value in E3. I'm just kind of salty about the ESA and the docs. <laughs> but, yes, I absolutely agree with you that there is cert- huge value in, in actually having a physical E3. But even if that doesn't happen, I am crossing my fingers that we'll at least get the PAXs. Um, PAX East in June would be weird. One of the reasons I look forward to PAX East so much is because I love being in the snow. The Boston uh, you're the only one because Boston in winter is <laughs> yeah. miserable. Oh, I know. And, I know. It's and, me. And it's Ash, me living in LA. There's Ash walking around yeah. in like shorts. shorts and a t-shirt. Shorts and yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just like a Viking or something. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so that, that I'm a little bummed about. But of course, it, it's more important for the show to happen at all. And uh, it'll be weird, but... Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it does. I just miss my friends. I miss everyone. I miss the fans. I miss you guys on camera. I miss everybody, and I miss the whole <laughs> show experience. And uh, yeah, I just I hope I hope we get to go back to PAX properly. And and PAX East being in June, I think, is definitely a a, a calculated effort to draw attention away from E3. But it's also probably a calculated effort just to have a chance at being able to happen because if it was going to happen in March or April. It would never. Ha- it's not. Gonna no, happen. it's definitely yeah. not going to happen in March or April. But yeah, being actually, you know, on the other side of the industry, uh, Aaron, what do you feel about PAX West and PAX East being a potential thing this year and the timing of them? Um. So the last, the last event I went to was PAX, and you were there, Ash, and Derek, you were there, I think, as well. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. And that was the moment everything was kind of ticking over onto you know covid coronaviruses 
is a thing and some people started pulling out of that show i think anything that happens going forward um has to be with safety first in mind shows are incredibly important to indie developers and i, I think to AAA developers as well in terms of having a, a place for people to have hands-on do the usual pr stuff with meeting talent uh, and, and the like um but i think one thing that I personally wasn't too impressed with was the the way shows were handled this year in a digital fashion. Um, I don't mm. think that outside of mm. the main core show, so, you know, Jeff Keighley Live or the PlayStation stream, um, that any digital version of a show did any good for anyone. And it costs a lot of money to participate. And, you know, they're there aren't consumers around the world sitting there saying, hey, I'm going to log on to digital packs right now and scroll down this list. And you can't talk to anyone. You can't play anything. You can watch a trailer, which you can do anywhere. Um, mm. So I, I think there's an opportunity to do a lot more um, with the digital shows if we can't get back to physical at the moment. Um, that's just my personal take on it from my experience. Yeah, mm. you know, I... I uh did a lot of previews over the summer, like remote previews and mm. they were so inconsistent and difficult to do. Mm. Like some companies would just invite me into a zoom meeting and play me a trailer and, yeah. and then talk to me about it. And I'm like, this is not helpful. Like this doesn't help mm. me build coverage at all. Um, you know, and some companies handled it very well. They, you know, they set up like remote access to a PC where I could play the game you know, with the understanding that, yeah, it might be a little glitchy or latency might be a problem here and there. But, um, you know, it was it was interesting. It was novel to have the ability to preview a game from home and actually play it. Um, I was really shocked that, like, Google or Amazon, you know, with Stadia or Luna didn't try to insert themselves yes. in this part of the business and say, hey, we've got this streaming platform nobody w wants to use for this, but what if businesses delivered demos this way? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, I had I had a phone... My brother called me for an hour. He never calls me. And he called me for an hour early. I'm <laughs> like, hey, I'm driving. I spoke to you for a while. I'm just going to interrupt your work day and talk to you. And we were talking about a lot of different things. And one of the things that came up, we had a long interesting discussion about um stadia and uh amazon are doing and i think one of the things that i said was i'm surprised i won't go into the depth because it was about game pass and xbox and everything going on there um but i am surprised that those people who are trying to do the cloud thing aren't making it more accessible during those periods to say hey basically anyone during this event can stream a demo of this game right now there's no sign up no nothing it's just a nice introduction and especially for amazon as well like yep I, mm. i'm actually you know what mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna keep those business secrets to myself i'm gonna jot them down <laughs> and we'll do our own thing there you go <laughs> but i agree i agree with you i agree with you yeah it's a weird thing the pessimist in me says that it's, it, it's not gonna work but Hopefully, hopefully it gets turned around, but it's just there's with it surging right now and just so many people just not yeah. caring, not paying attention. Yeah. It's like not just doing what they need to 
do. Yeah, just they stay just... home and wear a damn mask, people, so we yeah. can all go back to normal. And <laughs> what we all want to happen can happen if we just stay yeah. home and hunker down and wear a damn mask. That's all yeah. it takes, and nobody wants yeah. to do it. A lot of people don't want to do it, and yeah. it's just uh, <laughs> it's it's tiring. It's tiring. It yeah, I hear you. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see my my greatest hope. Honestly, so so this is my weird dream scenario, the one that I've been thinking about a lot. My greatest hope is that we just get, you know, freedom to travel around the world again. Like, we get good enough to mm. where we're there, and then I can go to all the foreign game shows that I've never gotten to go to because I've been yeah. busy with the domestic ones. Yeah. <laughs> like, cancel every every domestic show and let me, like, go to EGX and let me go to TGS <laughs> and stuff like Same. that. Like, I would love yeah. to have a, an actual, like really good reason to go to those other than I just want to. <laughs> yeah. That would be cool. Plus TGS, you just get to go hang out in Japan, go to Super Nintendo World. <laughs> yeah, that, that opens clip. in two months. I would I would love to go to that. Damn it. <laughs> Same. Uh, before we hit the next news story, I just want to call out Pyra in the chat really quick. I love your avatar. It's Shiba Inu. It looks like wearing like a, a cool headband. I don't know if that's your Shiba Inu, but Either way, dogs are awesome, and you're awesome. Carry on, Derek. All right. Well, <laughs> then, back to gaming movie news. Uh, let's go ahead and swap over to that next topic. And Oscar Isaac is set to star as Solid Snake in a Metal Gear Solid movie adaptation. And I've seen nothing but positivity, positivity behind this casting decision. Like, People yeah. across the board are down for him to be snake in this. And yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I have it looks like against him. it. He does. He does. This is a it's great, great casting. casting choice. And the, I, I saw a clip passed around earlier with him promoting another movie. And I, it somehow got brought up. And he's like, oh, I'd, I'd go for snake, you know, solid snake from Metal Gear Solid. And there you go. There it is. <laughs> Nice. I mean, so if it worked for him and we get yeah. a Metroid movie, there's Brie Larson. <laughs> yeah. You already put that forward. I mean, what is there to say? He he looks like he looks like Solid Snake. He looks like he'd be great for the part. I think this is a great decision. Uh it's nice to see some movement, any movement at all with a Metal Gear Solid movie because this thing has been coming out for how many years now? And it just seemed like it was just never going to happen. Maybe it is. Maybe there's actually some. This is really going to become a reality, and we got Metal Gear Solid and Uncharted on the docket now, and I guess Mega Man. But you know, not sure we should be excited <laughs> I, about that. Um, <laughs> David Hayter, like he's a scriptwriter as well. So didn't he write a uh, uh, his own write up of a what a Metal Gear he Solid movie could be like? I think it, like in college, yeah. so a decade ago now. Yeah, he did that. And then probably, you know, Kojima, probably, you know, being the Hollywood file he is, probably ripped it up in front of him and said, I'm never calling you to do Snake's voice ever again. Keeper Sutherland? (laughs) Come on. Keeper Sutherland. I still deeply regret that that happened. Um, Me too. In the chat, uh, they were asking, do we think that he'll emulate David Hayter's tone? I don't think anyone can really do that without it sounding too weird. Like, David Hayter is the only one that can do that voice. And I think... You know, if you're trying for like a broad Hollywood appeal type of movie, you're not going to try to emulate the voice acting from the 90s games. Um, yeah, because uh, Ash, you, you do a snake impression. Do that real quick and we'll take snake. a look at your face. And imagine somebody having that oh. face on yeah. them as they're trying to act with that voice. Uh, let's see. 
Well, subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming. Unfortunately, the men don't live up to the legend, I'm afraid. There you go. So you can see it yeah. might be a little hard to emote. In I don't that. know if my yeah. did my voice change that much though. Like uh, enough, yeah, not that much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, trying to do um, that while displaying emotion. Well, yeah. in, in a scene. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, I love this. Cubino Cubino Yoko Gaming says. Poe, do you think love can bloom even on the battlefield? That's so good. I have seen people say that um, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but Poe, uh, the the actor uh, who played I'm having trouble with names tonight, uh, apparently, but uh, Otacon? Or... No, no, well, who should play Otacon is the one, you know, Poe and uh, Finn, Finn, Giant Boyega. Thank you, Dan uh-huh. and Twistle. But Dan and Twistle, and John and Twistle, John Boyega as uh, Otacon, which get those two paired up again. That'd be fun. That'd be kind of fun. But you, you know that it, it would piss off that oh, crowd. Of course. And, 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 but, let, but that's a good reason to do it. Let's, yeah, let's change Otacon's race. I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> or you can make John Boyega Gray Fox. <laughs> that too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I I have full <clears throat> faith in whatever casting decisions they make from here on because they got Oscar Isaac as Snake, and I mean that's already a great start. So. I'm I'm really really interested to see what they are going to do with this film and how they how they're going to tell the story. If they are going to even stick to the basis of what Metal Gear is, it's hard. <laughs> I was it, about to say, yeah, bring it, the, bring the it, thing, Steve. The, the sh- I, I'm I'm looking forward to the Schadenfreude of finding out that they looked at a Kojima's like outline for the story of Metal Gear, and they're like, "What the hell is this? Like, how is anyone going to understand this?" And they just rip it apart and turn it into something that makes sense. Like, <laughs> Lali Lu Nope. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Nope, that's yeah. not happening." I mean, that, nope, unfortunately, nope, it's nope, t- Metal Gear Solid Two. But granted, to understand a lot of Metal Gear Solid, you do have to have a, at least a passing familiarity with Metal Gear and Metal Gear Two. It's right. the third game in the series, and it builds off like big boss and why it's such a big thing so honestly if i was to adapt something like this i might just do a metal gear solid 3 adaptation yeah and, i mean that, that that's the yeah. most natural starting point for sure and that's also my favorite mgs game i'd love to see what they could do with that but i, I mean i think mgs1 is still the most iconic of the series it for is, sure. it is. And, and that's why you know they're probably going with that but i am curious it's a good point derek so much is predicated Although, you know, I, I will say, I went into MGS1 never having played Metal Gear 1 and 2, and I suspect probably the majority of MGS1 players did. So yeah. I feel like if they if they tell the backstory well enough and, and are clear enough about it, you may not need that knowledge going in. But True. it could certainly help. Yeah. I'm, I'm just excited to see how they even attempt to pull off a scene with him in a cardboard box evading people, because in a movie, yeah. no, one's, <laughs> no one's falling <laughs> for that. But I... I... I will watch it and be happy. Just, just keep those strange qualities of Big Boss and Snake, where he like uh, Big Boss still believes in Santa Claus, and yeah. or uh-huh. it's like I'm in here in the box and feeling finally like inner peace. I just hope it's they so weird. They, they keep the MG like MGS series DNA intact in the sense that I hope they ham it up. I hope it's hammy and dramatic and over the top and. You know, they're they're you got characters having whole solilo- soliloquies about 
you know, nuclear disarmament. Just just let it be up its own ass. That's what Metal Gear Metal Gear Solid is at its best when it's completely up its own ass. And that's a very much a Kojima thing. So I hope that they are able to at least keep that DNA. I mean, don't go too over the top, of course, because it is a movie at the end of the day. But like, I just hope they keep that MGS's smug self-importance loves to be on its own soapbox type. We thing, we need to have you know? a bunch of stock footage as people soliloquize as well. Yeah, and yeah. talk about the nature of war yeah. and how I, it all goes. I, I like the idea of um, you go in, you sit down, you get ten minutes of this awesome movie, and then it ends, and that's it. And then it turns out that yeah. you have to use a link on your ticket to watch the rest of the movie, just to just nice. to rip off the back of the yeah. box, the codec thing. <laughs> I love give that. me give me the fourth wall mm. breaking. I'm all for it. Oh god, how would they, how would they fourth wall break uh Psycho Mantis? Yeah. They should give everyone like PlayStation controller shaped, I don't know, like devices that vibrate when it, when ha- when a Psycho Mantis scene happens mm-hmm. or something. That would be pretty cool. It, it's funny, the the karmic justice of this whole situation or the potential karmic justice of this situation isn't lost on me because you know, we know that that Kojima is a Hollywood file. He wants to be a movie director. He wants to be in Hollywood. That's what he's always said. It's very clear. Um, and yet he completely screwed over David Hayter when, you know, announcing that Kiefer Sutherland was going to be replacing him in mm-hmm. MGS5. And he didn't, like, Hayter didn't even get the courtesy of a damn phone call. And that always... Well, he always made really, Hayter re, re-audition yeah, as exactly. well. Exactly. And, and just that whole thing always rubbed me the wrong way, left a really bad taste in my mouth. And so... The, the karma here of, of Kojima not even being at the company anymore when they're actually making an, M- an MGS movie that he would have wanted to make. You know, I can't say that I don't kind of like to see that. I, but he got you know, the rub uh, elbows yeah. with all the celebrities for those cameos and death streams. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. There, there yeah. is something very creepy about watching Norman Reedus in his room in Death Stranding. Like, it's unsettling <laughs> to a degree. <laughs> Also, the fact that he throws piss and crap bombs. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I was yeah. like, mm, this is not the highbrow stuff I was led to believe. <laughs> such, mm. such a memory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. It, it's going to be interesting if they can try to find a way to make codec conversations interesting. Because like, if, if it is Metal Gear Solid, do you make it an like? set in the same time frame as the original, as the game or do you make it modern and i think uh-huh. it, metal gear solid especially if you're going more faithful you need to have it set in the t- its time frame and i just like i can't establish wait. I alternate can't imagine a, a hollywood movie doing a faithful metal gear solid i i just can't like yeah the more it's i think about i'm like about, yeah well dan and i saw earlier you mentioned um I, I have not heard who the uh, director is, but apparently Jordan Va- Roberts might be the director, according to what Dan Schwissel says. He says because he said, plus Brie Larson was in Jordan Vaught Va- Roberts Kong Skull Island, so maybe a choice for Merrill or Sniper Wolf. And if it is the same director, Kong Skull Island is an awesome movie, and I am down for it. Like he, is... I never saw it. Oh, it's good. That's great. Uh, Jared Edinger might be a genius. I don't think we've known we've been in the presence of a potential genius, but they say, I've always thought MGS would make a great musical. <laughs> Sign oh, me wow. up. Pyra says the same thing, 100% down with a musical. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would be first in line for an MGS musical. Are you kidding me? That would be awesome. 
Oh gosh, I'm yeah, I'm curious where it all ends up, but uh, I'll watch. It. It's weird to hear an announcement like for a video game movie like this and be excited for it. Yeah, yeah, it really we heard is. Mar- we heard Mario Brothers movie. Eh, we heard Sonic movie. Eh, we hear yeah. you know Monster Hunter. Eh. <laughs> what what, uh, what else yeah. coming out? Detective Pikachu. That's a weird choice. Trust. Even mean, with Uncharted again, being so uh, taking so long and seeing you know that in you know, the production photos, like okay, that looks pretty good, but yeah. nothing like just casting and that's it. And all of a sudden, yes. <laughs> People well, as I said earlier, there's also Mega Man, and I'm 99% sure it's going to be awful. But you know what? I thought that about Sonic too, and it turned out well. So yeah. maybe we're in. Maybe we're in for an actually good Hollywood adaptation of Mega Man, though. I just don't see that. Sorry, okay, is, and Danny Russell does confirm that. Vought, uh, oh, it's real. Yeah, Vought Roberts is is the director. Which boy, I have so much more faith now because that's awesome. Nice. At least currently, so it might change. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but seriously, Ash, watch Kong Skull, Skull Island. Yeah, I, you, that's what you said. I've never. I, that just didn't seem, seem like the kind of movie that would be awesome, but I guess it is. Samuel L. Jackson versus Giant Monkey. Yes. <laughs> um, to Aaron, to answer your question. Oh, go ahead, Steve. Oh, I was just saying, I need to see this movie too. I, I might have so free good. Time. I mean, so it, good. The, the, uh, it will kind of lead into uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Which is going to be on HBO Max now, so nice rather than theaters. So that's that's different. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. To uh, answer your question, Aaron, yes, there has been a Mega Man movie in development for a while. It is still in development, and it's being a direct co-directed by Henry Joost and Ariel Shulman, uh, the team behind horror films like Paranormal Activity three and four. And oh. it is a, they are promising an adaptation <laughs> that quote unquote <laughs> aims to appeal a live action. It's a live action movie. Promising an adaptation that aims to appeal to a diverse audience, including not only game players, but action movie fans as well. Great. Other than the diverse part, which is great, everything else about that sounds like it's going to be awful. But you know what? I'll see it anyway. work, because the thing is you (laughs) cast Mega Man as like a 13-year-old at best. Yeah. But nobody wants to see, like, no adult, I think, wants to see a 13-year-old in an action movie in that same way. Yeah, I mean, I think Mega Man himself needs to be CG and like a CG kid, like, you know, like Astro Boy style. I think that would be awesome. But if you're getting a a real person to play Mega Man, that just and it's a kid, that's not going to work. What if it's a lot of heavy lifting on that kid's shoulders? Yeah. I mean, we can't. (laughs) What Taniac says, Meganize me. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Well, Well. On that Let's note. go ahead and move on to our final topic of the evening. Uh, if we want to pop that up. And it's an end on a bit of a, a sour note. As Square Enix has removed the original Dragon Quest XI from Steam with the arrival of Dragon Quest XI-S. And we've talked in previously, like, XI-S is the version to get. That's not to say the original doesn't have merit, and I don't understand the removal of this. Maybe to avoid confusion, but it still seems I, dumb. I would be okay with this if the original textures were in 11S. But yes, since they right. aren't, right. this is not cool. Like, Because yeah. right now there's still kind of a choice. Like, do I want the better textures with the worse music, or do I want the better music with the worse textures? And... To be fair to some people, that is a valid choice. I would definitely go for sure. 11S 10 out of 10 times, but 
the fact that also Dragon Quest Eleven is invariably more budget friendly. Like like mm. the original is going to be cheaper, and uh, sure. I, I don't like this idea of taking games down. Yeah, like it, this doesn't make sense. It's not like Square has an agreement with a different rights holder and that's lapsed in favor of 11s like they made they made this game completely in-house from what i understand <laughs> so if they can distribute 11s they can still distribute 11 i think it's just a weird move agreed and what taniac says they i didn't know this but they delisted dark souls when the remaster came out for that too that's yeah I, i'm not a fan of that practice i, I completely yeah. agree with you steve yeah N- nintendo's guilty of this too didn't they do this to tropical freeze for a time and then bring it back yeah until so. there was enough fan backlash that they put it back and i think and they yeah. did it to pikmin, pikmin 3 recently as well and yeah. pikmin yeah that's a good point so not cool games industry all of you yeah <laughs> well, shame and, and on all of this. you They've been doing this for digital titles. It's for all a while. your I mean, fault, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm yeah. so sorry. sorry um, one, one of the, f- <laughs> I think one of the first titles to succumb to, to such a to such a thing uh, is one that I still miss, which is Outrun Online Arcade. I am mm-hmm. thankful that I still have that on my Xbox 360 because you can't still you can't get it anymore. Um, same thing until recently with Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Thankfully, they're bringing that back now. Um, but forever, it seemed like it might it was delisted and it might never reappear anywhere so i'm not a fan of this practice in general and and uh yeah i I think people should have the choice like you steve i would go for the better music 10 out of 10 times and not even just because i love video game music but because the the original music in dq11 vanilla is truly horrid i mean it's actually embarrassingly bad but still people should have that choice yeah Mm. agreed agreed Mm. not too much else to say beyond that but uh yeah, uh, glad we actually got some news. <laughs> that was we, nice. we gotta, right. We got to get going to this post show. I'm itching for some new No More Heroes three. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. So with that, we have covered all the major headlines from today's news. But of course, before we sign off, Aaron, where can everyone find you at? You can find me sometimes in the credits of a few cool games <laughs> some <laughs> yeah no they're all great um and you can find me on twitter at aswa if you want some ramblings and photos of cats nice perfect nice perfect you can also find them in my heart at all times if if there is a if i had a dive to the heart thing and i had a stained glass platform kingdom heart style aaron would be one of the one of the people on it so i love you so much yeah. I really love you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, same to you, man. Same to you. All right, Goodbye. Then with that, <laughs> kept that kept that simple and clean. Let's uh, go ahead nice. and jump over and give a special thanks to all of our patrons at the producer tier for helping to make this show happen. You brought all of this all <laughs> to life. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Uh, and in addition, a massive thank you to our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine folks include Rob, our man X, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Adam O'Sullivan, Floating Mew, Christopher, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Ornstar, Kieran Phillips, Benny Yao, Mama Bowling, Hi, Mom. Geller, <laughs> Shiny Turkey, Titus My- Malvolio, uh, Jake Pelka, Michael Phone, Mitchell Herring, Jay Acosta, Game Explain, Charles Zaz, Andrew Medeiros, uh, Jonathan Belmare, and newcomer Patrick Harrison. Thank you all so, so much. 
And remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming, where you can watch today's news tonight live for as little as $5 a month. Thank you all so much for watching, and if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. And until next time, good night, good vibes. Bye, good night, everyone. everybody. Bye.